0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Eclectic Folk Podcast, where we interview interesting people who might not otherwise be interviewed. I'm your host, Mr. Cat, not my real name, but myself and my guests all have the option to use a pseudonym if we so desire, as oftentimes people will speak more freely if they feel their anon- anonymity is guaranteed. I go by the name Mr. Cat. In this, our first episode, our guest is going by the name Fatty Bear. I first met Fatty Bear at a meditation center. And once we took up a conversation, I came to realize he was a sort of force of nature, a spiritual seeker, very committed to his journey and his objectives. He has a very interesting life story, a unique way of looking at the world, and a lot to say. I hope you'll enjoy this, our first episode of the Eclectic Folk Podcast. Hey, I'm here with uh, Fatty Bear. And, uh, Fatty Bear, could you give us a brief summary of your background?
2: Well, okay. I uh, was born in China and I moved to Canada uh, many years ago. And I worked uh, um, for both sides of bigger companies, United States and China, not a Canadian company. Well, I worked in Canada, but uh, those companies are American companies. So in uh, big IT names, and uh, most recently, I went back to uh, Canada. Oh, sorry, uh, China to work in another company, Alibaba, as you know, so they had uh, the biggest uh, IPO in history. Um, so, I worked for those bigger names, I joined them quite uh, early, so uh, after 15 years hard working as a manager, uh, first as a programmer, uh, but I worked only one year and promoted to be manager, and a manager... Many things. I graduated, promoted, and um, they sent me for training. So I had uh, the privilege to learn the overall management. So I was very lucky. Retired permanently after fifteen years hard working in the technology industry, and then I decided to travel the world. And I so sold everything, quit everything, started uh, um, December twenty thirteen. So it's been over seven years now. I'm still on the road. Today, I'm in now LA. <laughs> Yeah.
1: What, what made you want to... Like, where did you initially get the idea that you wanted to quit your career and sell everything and start this journey? Had that been, like, in your mind for some time before you began?
2: I'll say it's... Um, it's a divine grace because um, we, most of people, we are not always aware of uh, our choices. And even we are planning for something big for the life. And we're still in a total unconscious state. So I was in a very good uh, track of a career. So everything planned, the career goal was very, very clear. Um, and I worked very hard. And every year I can see the progress of making achievements and getting closer closer to there. So my career goal is, uh, first I joined a very good company. I would say the best company of the world I've ever seen. Um, so the training, everything, the human was, resources. That was Alibaba? No, no, no. Alibaba was my last uh, mm. employer. So um, it was a company. The company... Called Intrinsic Technology, founded by um, many veterans from all over the world. So, but uh, the company is no longer there because if you have heard of uh, Fairchild, uh, the Silicon Valley uh, company many years ago, semiconductor actually business, a semiconductor business. Semiconductor, because uh, nowadays you can see the Intel, National Semiconductor, the. Uh, uh, Texas Instruments all these uh, HP maybe uh, whole, all these uh, big names actually the founders are from uh, employees from that company that company itself is no longer there mm. so it's uh, very interesting that means it's like a school so it produces so many wonderful entrepreneurs and CEOs more than any business school any any um you know educational organization mm. So that uh, the intrinsic uh, technology was like just like that because I've met all these entrepreneurs very uh, mature, very uh, aggressive, okay. ambitious, very talent, super talented people there. And I joined them, there was like 100 people, maybe 150 when I joined them uh, in 1990s. And uh,
1: <clears throat> and where was this?
2: In it was a Shanghai based, but it's a completely. Um, um, international mm. so the founders like from uk united states and the people from like i remember a sales team i worked with i was an uh, engineer i worked with a sales team about five people they speak probably 16 26 languages and selling products and services to all over the world mm. and i i used to because uh, i um, i i received a um, welcome letter and a s- sending to every um Person in an office so "Welcome, Fatty Bear, and uh, join us uh, as a manager today." Things like that, and he graduated from this university. Things like that, right? Very, int- very simple. And then I met the people afterwards. You know, the people like oh, from that university. I've never heard it before. I've never heard of before. So it was a quite a quite a good one. But uh, anyway, so they never heard it before. I said, where, where did you graduate? So I'm uh, from Harvard. Now, where are you? I'm from <laughs> Yale. Where from? I'm Stanford. I'm uh, from uh, Caltech. Mm. I'm from probably the worst of the Waterloo. But Waterloo is actually one of the best computer university in yeah. the world. Yeah. So then <clears throat> and nearly everybody got an MBA. And it's a very good MBA. And uh, I was probably in that team, uh, engineering team, I was the only guy who that time I did not have uh, like a PhD. So it's very interesting. That, that proves that I was some someone from somewhere, you know, not a very good background, but uh, I could work with them. I can do all the jobs very well. So the training, actually, uh, formal training was good, and uh, other training, like every day, you. Uh, influenced by those entrepreneurs actually everything actually they form the habits and help you uh, correct your patterns in working and uh, help you to see why uh, we do things like that and we can combine all kinds of uh, excellent uh, cultures in the very successful companies and put them all together. Why we can do that? And they all knew that because they have experienced all these wonderful things. So anyway, so that company later, the people left the company. They found their own company, including me, myself. I found my own company, software for enterprise. Actually, when I someday, just like the Fairchild thing, when I was in a conference someday, after a few years, I met all these people, CEO, CTO, all these big names. And, well, we were all in one team there. So, that's interesting. Mm. So, back to that uh, where... Um, so, planning. Anyway, so, my career from the first day actually was uh, uh, assisted by my manager. So, he's an American <clears throat> guy. So, he's my best teacher in, in, in the office ever. I still remember him. He's my inspiration. Anyway, uh, so, <clears throat> it was to be the CEO of the Fortune 500 company. Was this in the market, the biggest companies of the world. So from that was your
1: that was your goal. That would we'll go from the mm.
2: first day. So every single step I work, I read, I train myself. They send me to training or whatever program. It was for that to manage. So then I learned the financing, the human resources management, and engineering, quality ins- assurance, and uh, production, and uh, customer service, support, uh, professional way to deal with those, and uh, product management, uh, all kinds of things, everything, the company, the operation, you need to know. So I was lucky to work with all of those people and uh, see all things, how it works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, so, and uh, I never doubted that until someday I felt that's a bit tired because I see the that goal is a bit against my nature, and because of my nature is gradually, I can see more. And uh, someday in uh, 2012, I saw that uh, I had actually something I want to fulfill, that I want to see the world. But why mm. I want to see the world, I don't know. Mm. So I th- thought that, oh, I'm I'm going to buy a car and travel. It, and uh, what kind of car? I did a lot of planning to compare all kinds of cars uh, I don't have a chance to try all of them, but I uh, maybe a, an SUV, maybe a, just a, a bigger van can rip off the back seats and put a bed there. I oh, don't know. Should it be four by four or something like that? But my biggest inspiration from Jim Rogers, who's a co-founder with um, who? Um, Soros. Yes. George Soros. George Soros. Yes, yes. Okay. They were co-founder of that fund. Hmm. A hedge fund and they, he was very successful a billionaire and uh, um, he traveled the world a few times once was uh, with a car once with a motorbike so I read his books about uh, traveling all over the world and uh, including those um, hmm. um, hard times so he, he's my uh, primary uh, inspiration so he started planning according to that uh, this country i need to pay attention This that a country which which route should i take things like that uh, based on his book i forgot his book's name but it's an uh, interesting book hmm. so he didn't go to uh, every single country now every time he um, <clears throat> visited a few countries met a few people and those people inspired him a lot and then he um when he uh, take another Uh, trip he would uh, revisit those people after a few years and he can compare the his idea because he believed that what kind of change would happen in that place of those people and after maybe five years 10 years 20 years he go back there to see them again those friends did he uh,
1: disclose to those people who he was did they know he was like a very successful hedge fund billionaire
2: no 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 no. those people just ordinary people he Mm. met on the road Mm. Very no, ordinary. I know,
1: but did he did he tell them who he was, or did he kind of keep um,
2: that? He didn't mention that in his book, but uh, mm. people can guess. Like, uh, say, if you have such a fancy car, if you are financially free, you know, you can do all these things. And uh, when people talk and they know that what kind of position you were mm. there, people can guess mm. what kind of class, like your consciousness in which level. Mm. They can they can know, but probably they don't know your specific. Uh, mm. Um, job, position, things like that. Like I was volunteering in a church. Uh, there were many big CEOs. I, I didn't know them. But uh, when they finished job, they took off that uh, clothes. And I went to, we chopped the carrots, uh, apple in the kitchen together. We, ch- we chat, we laugh. But uh, when they went to the parking lot, I saw the car. <laughs> You'll see that's a million dollars car. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, so... <laughs> Yes, so all volunteers, of course, you don't know them, but uh, you can guess they, who they are. <clears throat> Anyways, mm. so back to that uh, initial planning. So I just wanted to see the world mm. and realize that my career thing was, uh, everything was perfect. I was very young and I was already in a very a business unit ma- uh, manager, already in a very good uh, position there. I was quite young, just 30s. And uh, usually you need to be fifty fifty five to have that position, so <clears throat> so I planned all these things, you know, but later I know that all these plannings while you hit the road after that, all these plannings become useless. It's because totally out of your control and out of your imagination, the world can offer this planet. It's just gorgeous, it's so much more there way beyond uh, my wildest uh, imagination so anyways so i planned that in 2013 and uh
1: was your plan initially to just take a year to do that
2: or? no 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 i would take a uh, probably 20 years 15 20 years oh, to wow. see every single one so you
1: knew when you started your journey that you would not be coming back to your career at that time
2: no no it's a uh, finish mm. yeah so we had a farewell party and the uh, Retirement and people congratulations. They shared many things, wonderful memory with me and the coworkers and the church uh, brothers sisters. They all came. So <clears throat> anyway, um, but um, yeah. By the way, there's another thing that uh, because I have uh, I had uh, quite uh, some uh, stock options still there um, to have them. It's about a couple of million dollars there. Um, if I um, kept working for six months. Just mm. a six month, one hundred eighty days, I can have that m- money mm. right there, very easy in my pocket. Meanwhile, I still have my wages and um, bonus, so everything good. But I could not wait for six more months. So, I, of course, that was quite a big for me because I think if I have a few m- more million dollars in my pocket, I'll be very safe. I'll be worry free. Mm-hmm. But why I, c- I could not wait? One thing is that uh, I'm really impatient. Another thing is that uh, the that urge in my heart, you cannot resist. I cannot wait even one more day. I want to hit the road and I see the world. But why? I don't know. So later, that brought me the radical, the grand awakening to the soul's purpose. So now I'm a spiritual teacher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, l- before we get to that... Um- Let's just. I just want to keep it like chronological a little bit. So when you be, where did you begin your journey? Which country did you start, or which continent did you start? I, I first
2: of? I went to because my last job was in uh, Asia Pacific. Uh, there, in uh, different offices there, and mm. I I went to Taiwan. Um, I uh, had a scooter um, around the island for six months, mm. and uh, then uh, a few other countries: the Philippines, Malaysia, Indonesia. Singapore, those countries. But uh, the thing that I felt that uh, was uh, quite uh, difficult in uh, traveling that way because you need to take a flight often and uh, every place you need to uh, rent as a a motorbike or bike and uh, backpacking. That is not uh, my uh, comfortable way. So I decided to get a car. Get a car. That was the original plan. Mm. So I flew to Vancouver. I bought a car and then started traveling <clears throat> all the way south to Antarctica.
1: Wow. Uh, which car did you decide to buy?
2: Uh, it's a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got uh, two cars and because uh, it's a uh, bit simple, but it's a bit complicated because I, I bought a car. The first car was a Jeep uh, uh, Commander, which is a uh, quite a big uh, 3 row, uh, car. I can sleep inside uh, very comfortably. But uh, when I traveled, it took me quite a couple of years. I traveled to Costa Rica. Uh, after Nicaragua, Costa Rica, I got very sick and uh, everything seems uh, stuck there. So I had to sell the car, the Jeep Commander in Costa Rica. And then I uh, flew back to Canada and I get a Jeep Wrangler and a ship there hmm. and to Panama and, uh, and Colombia. It continued. So I call that car, the first car, the Curious 1, the second, the Curious 2. Sorry, Curiosity. Curiosity. Curiosity 2.
1: It's like the space shuttle or something,
2: isn't it? But it's still nothing uh, special, really. Mm. But uh, anyway, so I'm still having this car. And uh, in just uh, a couple of weeks, I'm going to continue with that Curiosity 2, the Jeep Wrangler. Now Mm. I parked it in uh, Lisbon, Portugal, to continue to explore Europe and uh, drive to India.
1: How long did it take you to get to South America from Vancouver? Did you stop a lot on the way, or did you just go straight
2: down? No, no, I actually took me quite, like, I drove very slowly uh, for the uh, emission of carbon dioxide. I, averagely, until now, averagely, I drove uh, probably 45 kilometers per day. Hmm. So, because average Canadian American drive more than 50 kilometers per day. American, probably 59 kilometers per day. Uh, can- Canadian, a bit slightly um, lower. So I drive uh, less than fifty kilometers per day. And when I started, I tried to control that. But that doesn't mean that I I drive fifty kilometers per day. I can't do that because I probably drive a few ca- hundred kilometers per day and stay a place mm. uh, for a few few days mm. and uh, continue. So what is the question? So it took me how long? Okay. Yeah. So I arrived. Uh, um Mexico, probably the year 2016, I went to Cuba and back to Mexico. It took me a few months. So I spent uh, probably three months, four months in Mexico. And uh, Guatemala um, kept me there almost a five months. And uh, Salvador, Honduras didn't spend much time. Belize, maybe just a few days. Anyway, so I went to... And when I uh, arrived at Costa Rica... The first phase uh, probably me, took me two years to get there because America is very big. Canada very big. So I drove first uh, to, from Vancouver to Halifax. Then I took a ferry to somewhere near Boston. Massachusetts. And, uh, Massachusetts, right. yes. Uh, another state maybe. Uh, so I visited probably 42 states in the U.S. and many museums, many art galleries, many wonderful people there. And uh, then... Um, Mexico a few months, U.S. almost a year. Uh, then uh, Central America took me almost a year. When I arrived uh Colombia, Cartagena, I put a car into a container, container ship. So I arrived in the Cartagena port, which is a very beautiful place, by the way. Um, it was uh, early 2017. Hmm. So that's uh, almost three years. And America, uh, South America took me another another three years, two years and a half, the whole South America.
1: So you visited every country in South America?
2: Not every country. Like Venezuela, I didn't go because um, my friends in America, uh, other countries, they said, don't come. Don't hmm. come because it's absolutely not a good. I I did lots of research, of course. It says that like if you really have some money, actually, you can purchase uh, food uh Whatever there, actually, it's easy. But uh, security situation is it's unpredictable there, so better mm-hmm. not go. And also, when I was almost there, it's uh, rain season, so rain season is really tough. So I decided not to go. So uh, I had a lot of time in Brazil, lots of time in Ecuador and uh, Peru. Lots of time. Argentina, Chile, so beautiful. Southern Patagonia. and Antarctica, I got a last-minute deal <laughs> and in Ushuaia, yeah, the southernmost uh, city of the world. So I got on board the cruise ship and uh, took me to Antarctica. Three weeks. So I visited quite a few places. Um, it's amazing, amazing place. I would like to go back someday again. What did you find so amazing about it? So the first, that's uh, my knowledge about Antarctica. My imagination—it's a pure white uh, snow-covered. All these things are not a, uh, not right. Hmm. That's it's my imagination a, of it. So, too. so people have a uh, uh, knowledge and their imagination about every single country, everything that they haven't been there. They all have these uh, impressions already. Hmm. But when you got there. You'll see it's different. So, Antarctica, there are so many animals, the birds, all kinds of, uh, not just the penguins. It's just, uh, it's hard to describe. It's just so so pure. It's like untouched by mm. tourists, mm. untouched and uh, preserved very well. And the animals, the ecosystems there, and the penguins, they can come so close to you, and the birds actually. So close to you, and the sea lions—they can chase you. Just uh, they're not afraid of you at all. So hmm. sometimes they bite people because you're really too close, and they have to run. <laughs> and I yes, and uh
1: did you get out of the boat? Like, did you go on land? Or oh, of co- of course, oh, of course, of course,
2: of course, multiple times in the land. We visited some uh, scientific research station and two uh, uh, Argentine uh, stations. And I learned a lot about the treaty, Antarctica, the treaty, how they do research, how they store food, how they live there. And one um, British, two British uh, ones, uh, and some other spots. One post office, fully functional. Hmm. Post office, they got everything, the souvenirs, the gift shop, and people, volunteers work there, showed me how, how they live, everything. It's just... A Beyond imagination, <laughs> I recommend. If people ask me where where is the most beautiful place in the world. I it's hard to say because every a place is different. But I say Antarctica was so far one of the most uh, impressive one. It's so beautiful hmm. and the water, the ice there. If you had a chance there, I recommend everyone should in a lifetime you should go at least once there. It's it's so gorgeous
1: I never thought about it I'm not such a fan of cold Mm. weather typically Mm.
2: it's not cold by the way so that's why your knowledge is sometimes (laughs) cold sometimes it's not really so we get a chance to swim in the sea right there no kidding and the paddlers and the kayakers there when there's good weather that Mm. day it's not cold it's just so peaceful it's just wonderful Hmm. so you can swim there right there in the sea
1: (laughs) that's interesting um, but coming back to your travels a little bit, when you say you stopped at a place for a certain amount of time for a few days, you traveled a few hundred mm-hmm. kilometers, you stay there for a few days. What kind of things did you do in those places? Would you just see the tourist well, sites? Well, the or? first
2: is just the sightseeing because uh, there are many attractions uh, you can see. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, different places, of course, um, mountains, lakes, museums. I love the museums. I want to know the history, the culture, and I go to lots of music, uh, um, festivals and watch the movies and uh, talk to local people. Well, not really local because uh, you cannot speak their language, so then uh, speak English. Uh, but uh, more or less, you learn quite a bit about uh, how people live there and ask, uh, just like you ask them questions, um, mm-hmm. their lives. And, uh, of course, one biggest thing is food. I tried many different uh, food. Mm-hmm. just no more resistance to whatever food they offer. It's just mm, so good, the food. Everywhere, everywhere. Every country has something. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not just Mexico, everywhere. Mm. Even Paraguay, I had a very good food. And Paraguay, it's not a popular place. Absolutely not a popular place. But I had a so good experience there. People, so friendly, strangers invited me to go. I have a hike with them, you know, to show me around. They just drove their uh, broken truck and (laughs) showed me the best uh, uh, spots. But, but, you know, locally and the people there, they don't even speak English, but they were so enthusiastic about showing me Mm -hmm. around. And it's free, of course, uh, the strangers, you know, other tourists, I believe if you just booked every single hotel vacation, you won't ever, never see those. Hmm. And it was so impressive. I learned uh, so much about humanity. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you pick up any Spanish during your time?
2: Yes, I had a, a bigger problem uh, in Mexico and uh, later in uh, <clears throat> in Guatemala. Um, <clears throat> it was hard to communicate when the, the police, the military, so there were so many uh, checkpoints. That they stopped me, pulled me over and asking for money and they always uh, found some excuse that I broke the law or things like that. It was so ridiculous. There's so many things happened and uh, I did not expect that thing. So when I arrived in Guatemala, <clears throat> I did the finance uh, calculation. I found that uh, <clears throat> for the checkpoints, the military and the police, for the checkpoints, they ask uh, the bribe, the, the money to let me go. Is that... Uh, <clears throat> every single kilometer, I need to pay $1. (laughs) So that means all my plan around the the globe, it was 1 million kilometers for 20 years. So I realized that for that military checkpoints alone, I need to pay 1 million US dollars to drive this road, not including gasoline, Mm. accommodation, food or whatever. Tickets for museum, whatever. Just bribes. I don't. I don't have that money. If this mm. continues, mm. so and uh, one of the biggest thing was that I could not speak any Spanish. If I speak Spanish, I think the communication will be easier. Probably I can have a discount if I have to pay. Mm. And why they picked me, I don't know. Maybe they 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 ask everybody. Um, I've heard of that. G- Jim Rogers actually. Um, he had a they even put him in a prison because people saw him like he's a billionaire so well you course. have a
1: Canadian license
2: plate on your car, right yeah, of course mm. um, so I decided to stay to learn Spanish, until I can speak Spanish, <laughs> I would not go further. Hmm. so I stayed in Guatemala, a beautiful city, antigua, Guatemala, Asian city I uh, find a a school and went to school. I stayed there actually five weeks, and uh, quite good. Spanish is not uh, difficult to learn. Hmm. And I practiced with local people, and uh, until I can deal with um, the government with most of the things, I, I have no problem. I, I don't speak any more English, and I can just talk to them. Hmm. So I decide it's time to move on.
1: And did that help you the next time you had oh, to fix that? Absolutely. It really? helped
2: me so much in uh, South America. But South America was another story because uh, South America, the government, the police are very nice.
0: Mm.
2: I've never had uh, any problem like in Mexico and Guatemala, Honduras, Salvador, uh, Nicaragua was horrible. Mm. Those places. Only I had once, a very small one. They didn't keep me long in uh, in Colombia. Um, that was the first uh, only time in South America, and the rest of the countries, uh, I haven't had any problem hmm. with with the government. The traveling itself, I had a, a lot of stories there, <laughs> very some really dangerous. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that in a minute, maybe. Um, during your travels, were you also exploring spiritual? exercises and going to temples doing meditation learning new practices
2: i was not a spiritual person at all i was just an ordinary person i grew up with not any spiritual but in christian nothing so of course i was totally i did not know yoga god or whoever i did not know anything and here i Arrive arrived in um, Ecuador. But before that, actually, it's very interesting. I was unconscious that uh, I was drawn to the church. So I went to a church. I sit there quietly. Well, you can call it meditation, contemplation, whatever. But I, 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 I did visit many a uh, churches. But if you ask me if I have uh, any... That's my favorite place. I won't say that, but yeah. I did that. But I did not know. You've asked me, have I been to any church? I say I never. But actually, I've visited many. So it was in that uh, unconscious state. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, but I was not a, a spiritual person. I believe that I did not have those uh, knowledge or anything in my life. And here, I arrived in uh, Guatemala, and I met uh, on street. I met uh, a meditation teacher. And he took me to the yoga studio, and the first time I practiced uh, some hatha yoga and meditation, I was like, I'm not a meditator. I don't like this sitting there. <laughs> so I can't uh, I can't uh, do, do this. So I think this is not for me. Hmm. But uh, the things turned around later <laughs> <laughs> because uh, he talked about... Uh, he introduced me to many people. He was a strange American guy. He... Uh, Originally from Sri Lanka, and he studied with a master. He's a meditation teacher. And
1: this was in Ecuador, you said? Ecuador. Yeah.
2: Mm. He moved there like a retired there. Mm. And uh, he's still teaching people uh, meditation. Uh, outside, sometimes bring people under the big bridge, just sit there, um, listen to the flow of water. Sometimes yoga studio. So he, one day he mentioned something called San Pedro. He was talking with someone. I was around. And uh, it was very mysterious uh, thing for me. I asked him, what is San Pedro? He said he never tried this thing, but this is something can awaken you and help you on many things. So I was very curious because my nature is super curious. Hmm. I said, I want to try this. <laughs> And I have no fear and try anything. I never heard of that. I just want to try this. And then later I... Uh, I
1: what is San Pedro? Is it a, a cactus? Is San it a Pedro,
2: yeah, the local name is Wachuma. It's a cactus uh, mm. cactus medicine. Hmm. Yes, Something that, similar yeah, to
1: peyote then.
2: Yes, peyote is another type of uh, cactus. Um, uh, San Pedro, Wachuma is actually, it's very straight. Uh, people say it looks like a penis. It's very long. It uh, grows very, uh, very slow. Uh, that's another type of um, cactus. Not not all the cactus are medicines. So the indigenous people, actually, they have been applying uh, uh, San Pedro, the Wachuma there for a long time. Hmm. So I googled around uh, any uh, San Pedro services and I found a few and I wrote to them. I didn't get any response. <laughs> And even one later, I found a, a one actually quite some distance there. You need to drive uh, more than two, few hours, three hours there. Of course, I wanted some like 15 minutes or, you know, uh, after all, it's South America. Mm. I don't want to go that far. Mm. So <clears throat> I wrote to them and uh, the response was not uh, good. It was not available and uh, things like that. But immediately another day, I <clears throat> got another response from the same shaman there Um <clears throat> Um, his partner, his partner, her name is Darby and uh, another American. So she said, okay, we can receive you. Uh, we can prepare the five days uh, retreat to just come over and then uh, we can serve you these things. And it was it's, wonderful. I it's five days. I said I can stay there a few days. Yeah. Like five days. And then later I decided to stay five days. So five days, every... uh, Another day, I Mm. can have one um, Wachuma experience. So five days, I can have three, right? Mm. So I went there. I was astonished because Darby, this shamanic woman, she looks exactly like my mom. Mm. Well, how can you explain these things? I can't see my mom in another person's body. Mm. How can you explain this? But after Wachuma, I know why
1: her her facial features looked like your mom everything hmm.
2: it's like a twin <laughs>
1: was she was she also of Chinese descent or? totally
2: not she's I huh. believe she's from she's American she was actress and maybe her name uh, got German hmm. thing like well I mean the racial character is, uh, is different but uh, that I thing something's way beyond that you see the the movement, the hmm. way he talks.
1: Uh, Her mannerisms.
0: Is,
2: yes, because uh, if you just uh, like a skin color or the hair color, it's not not, not like that. But the uh, yeah. rest of that, it's just, uh, it's incredible. <laughs> it's hard to uh, believe and it's hard to explain. But only when you have the solid knowledge about how souls, the journey of the souls, how they split from the uh, parent soul and you'll know they actually, every soul, individual soul has uh, some siblings there, the soul siblings, as they reincarnate in a physical body in different places. Hmm. And they're not uh, allowed to meet each other because when you meet each other, immediately you're brought back your old memories. And when you have that memory, you don't want to... That memory is a very good memory. and you don't Which, want which memory? the memory about your your true identity, who you are, why you're here. So you are stuck in this physical body doing lots of sufferings there. Um, Although you're also enjoying because dualistic uh, experience. But when you have all these memories, you realize that you don't need to suffer this way. So you want to exit immediately the body. But you came here for a purpose. So you you should not exit. But when you have that memory, you cannot stay. You cannot continue this journey hmm. as a human being. But to have a human being experience, you are not a human being. You are the the um, the soul having a human being's experience. So then they reincarnate in, in different places. Um, sometimes they don't go all together, but they choose different places they never met, I choose different career as well. If you say you're both engineers, you probably meet in a conference. But mm-hmm. uh, you're a carpenter. I'm uh, not even a farmer. I'm uh, like a lawyer. In a we, different we, we, country? In a different country. I've mean, never met. If I could travel to your country, I've never met you. Yeah. It's not possible at all. Huh. So, of course, my mom and Debbie will never never meet. And some other, other shaman later, <clears throat> some other shaman told me that... Uh, My mother's side is a a shamanic lineage. Hmm. My mom, of course, she's not a shaman. She's just ordinary woman. (laughs) So, but her lineage, that aside, brought me lots of such a bigger thing.
1: Do you mean she has people in her family who used to do things like that?
2: I don't know her family, my my mother's family. I know nothing Hmm. about the ancestors there, but uh, a shaman, not a Dabi, another shaman, um, told me that uh, I ha- have those inferences from my mother's side, which is shamanic uh, mm. lineage. Mm. So I believe her, her ancestors, uh, her grandfather, who, who knows? <laughs> it's a great shaman. Mm. And that's uh, is from the soul family. soul family, not a physical. Anyway, so I had my first Wachuma experience, was a radical and totally awakened me and the past memories, I can see uh, different things because uh, <clears throat> my biggest problem was uh, that I did not know the problem there. So my biggest problem was that I believed that my parents didn't love me. Hmm. And I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. So for a kid, how much i want my parents love but how can i have their love i must make myself worthy i must uh, be do, successful do something mm. so i must be successful
0: mm.
2: and i ch- achieved a lot i did a wonderful job i was the best student all the time every grade uh, in the schools and uh, absolutely excellent student you know I believe all the teachers, uh, they had a very impressive time with me. Oh, is this such a student? Anyway, so, but I did not know I was doing that to prove that, uh, hey, mom and dad, look how excellent I am. Please love me. I did not know that. Hmm. But what Truma shows, how much they loved me. They have done everything they could to love me but I could not see that because I was totally blocked by my ego. So much sacrifice they've done. It is like, uh, I want uh, the latest iPhone. It costs $1,000. They were very poor. I just want that. Hmm. They were so poor. They could not even spend $200 for that. It's not affordable. But they tried their best to give me a $300 good phone. Hmm. They did even my tears. (laughs) So they loved me in that way. Every single thing they've done for me, pure love, but I was not satisfied. I want an iPhone, Hmm. $1,000. How can they have $1,000?
1: So, you saw your parents not giving you the iPhone, and you thought they were, but you thought that meant that they didn't love you.
2: Yes, I totally could not see that. Mm -hmm. How much they loved me, indeed. Mm -hmm. But Wachuma helped me see that. I totally awakened that. So, that was my belief. I believed that I don't have love, their love, but I want their love. So, how can I have that love? I must be a person worthy because I'm not worthy so I worked very hard and then I studied very hard I did everything that even people say this is just perfect I'm not satisfied at all so that's why my career was so successful academic all this records were so successful but I'm not happy with that you see it's a huge problem here
0: hmm.
2: I want love I want because this is that Look at this resume. Look at this list of achievements. Please love me.
1: It's never enough, I guess.
2: It's not never enough because I totally don't see that. I could not see that. Mm. Now I see. And from that moment.
1: So was it the first Wachuma?
2: The first, very first one.
1: what, What did you see in that experience that made you realize that they loved you?
2: Well, at that moment, I could not describe, but now as a spiritual teacher, I can explain very simple. So that experience, we call it timeline healing. Hmm. Time timeline healing is that uh, the medicine brings you back to re-experience everything you already know. So, you know, it's not illusion. You have experience very solid and it's your memory. And it's your impression. It's just there. Hmm. But uh, you interpret that uh, in a different way because you are totally in an unconscious state. You don't know who you are, why this happened. You don't know people's efforts. So when you re-experience that exactly same thing in that state without the destruction, you are free to see the truth. The truth is that you are so much Being loved. You're not in lack of anything. And uh, I learned that. uh, I am worthy not because what I have done. I am worthy because who I am. It doesn't matter how excellent jobs I've done. Or how horrible jobs I've done. It doesn't matter. I am worthy. I am the beloved child of God. My parents did love me. It's extraordinary love. Not just ordinary. Absolutely. So, timeline healing is that uh, you have so much memories there. You can recall them. But this memory, you cannot gain that uh, the perspective, the true healing power you can gain from that memory, because you are in a state you cannot read them very well. So Wachuma, my understanding is that it can remove all the distractions there. And from soul's perspective, you can truly see that the truth. So timeline healing is not just a by medicine, there are many um, healing techniques nowadays. Many healers actually are actually doing this. They can bring you back to the past in this lifetime or another lifetime. They probably appear in your um, dream. But everything is that you're so familiar with that happened in your life. So you re-experience that and you see totally different things. And you realize who you really are. And you awaken from that and uh, change what you do. Hmm. So that's a timeline healing. If you Google that, you'll find many uh, techniques. And uh, medicines, sometimes they bring you back there and sometimes not. There are different uh, ways. It's very intelligent. It works the way that best fits you.
1: So after the five days on this little retreat doing San Pedro, coming out of that, how did you feel?
2: I feel so peaceful and I no longer in hurry to pursue anything that to have Another achievement, or have very high standard in life in everything I do, so I feel very uh, relaxed, so that I could, because I can I, I can accept whatever outcome there. But before it was so stressful, you know, I lived a decades a very stressful job because I cannot accept anything other than the best of the best. It was very stressful, but I did not know. But now, see, whatever that comes to me, I take it. I'm so relaxed. I'm not carrying that big a burden. Hmm. It's, it's amazing, that experience. And also, yeah, I had so much gratitude to my parents. <laughs> so much. I used to complain to them. Because you know, not good enough, but I have so much gratitude. I know they're extraordinary, Hmm. their love, they're great teachers for me. And that was just the beginning of my awakening. That was um, 2017, Ecuador. Okay,
1: and so what was step two in your awakening. Where did you go from there? Did you know you wanted to pursue a spiritual path after that experience? Or were you just going to continue your travels and maybe you'll try something new along the way? We don't mm. know.
2: So I decided to take something else. Mm. That is ayahuasca.
1: In Ecuador as well?
2: In the same city around there, there are many shamans that are doing such service. Ayahuasca is more um, common. You'll see in South America because uh, you need uh, the vines and cook them in the jungle, find them. And other places, if not a tropical climate, uh, it's rare. But uh, I'm already in the Amazon area. Mm -hmm. So I found just nearby a a city called Cuenca. It's a very popular tourist city. Many American-Canadian retirees, they choose to live there for the rest of their life. A beautiful place. So there was a shaman in the beautiful community, I went to there. Um, I had another retreat Ayahuasca and uh, another big awakening. That time was about um, my career past, my uh, purpose uh, this lifetime, why I came here, why I picked the the parents, why I chose that country to be born, that family and a career, all these things. So that showed me Everything I did in this life was to prepare me to be a spiritual teacher. And no doubt, absolutely, 100%. The ayahuasca. ayahuasca sh- showed teacher. me that all these things. Why you did that?
3: Hmm.
2: Why, 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 why? And I got my answer. And uh, I cannot agree more because I am a spiritual teacher. And everything I did was a preparation. Hmm. I'm ready to pursue this career so i remember that when i was in a company i said i was an okay manager because i know many people they do their professional jobs really better than me but i i did one job was so good i i i taught in the, i share something or sometimes i share something like about management about uh my viewpoints uh, about the market products and the industry <clears throat> in the company. You know, in company, we have uh, like uh, schools or whatever, seminars or workshops. So the senior managers, sometimes they would uh, uh, host a workshop. <clears throat> and uh, all people can sign up and come um, listen to him and uh, interact.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> so that school... There was an organizer actually uh, arranged many um, curriculums and workshops there, and uh, she invited me once uh, to try that, and I shared with people and the uh, people, the students of course all my coworkers, uh, different departments, bigger company. Uh, the feedback was perfect, <clears throat> like a five star out of five. So uh, perfect, everybody. I w- we want, we want to um, listen to um, Fabi again. So the school coordinator um, hand me again to share something. And every time I wrote topic and prepared a PowerPoint presentation, all these things uh, and then the classroom like more people can, you know that's a part-time job of course, uh just to share mm. the experience with people. Later in the outside of the company I had a few times. So every time like people just they so enjoy talking to me and listening to the things I, I share. And the feedback, I'm going to get a feedback. So I was already a good teacher there, but I did not know mm. that. So Ayahuasca showed me I'm a spiritual teacher, and uh, that's my soul's purpose. And I enjoy so much while teaching, no matter what. And uh, more than anything else, I enjoy that, sharing the truth, sharing whatever I learned from life with people. That's the biggest joy. Hmm. So from there, I started, uh, not as a teacher, because I still had no idea what to teach and how to teach and uh, what to teach. There's still lots of uh, uncertainties there. So I continued traveling from Ecuador to Peru to places. Yeah, that's my uh, teacher's training.
1: Um. What do you mean by teacher's training? You join something or or your
2: own self teacher? Because you know that you will be a teacher. You're already a teacher. But you need some training. You need to mm. learn more about mm. teaching, how to teach, what to teach, you mm. know, mm. and find your students. Well, There's new students. <laughs> so, yeah, I went to places and I keep uh, talking to people. And uh, from there, actually, intentionally, I... I went to the uh yoga retreat meditation classes it's no longer challenging for me so I I enjoyed that very well and uh I had a few more um ayahuasca experience in Peru Sacred Valley I met a shaman Diego I had my highest uh, consciousness in in his ayahuasca ceremony and uh, everyone else beside me was very good and I talked to, with other shamans and I said he's the best so the shamans say he's the best shaman hmm. so they want to study with him hmm. so it was, uh, I always remember him like his, wow it's wonderful that experience so I decided later one year later I decided to go I was in another country. I kept traveling after Peru Sacred Valley. I was somewhere else, <clears throat> and I decided to go back. Maybe you can study with him, and he said yes. I'm gonna teach you everything I have. And I went to the jungle. It's a jungle. You cannot uh, take a bus there. <laughs> you have to go to the fly to the town, the town, in Amazon forest, and then and took a. Boat well, boat. Oh, I guarantee you, you, you only, you personal, you have your personal experience. You understand how terrible that boat was. <laughs> and it, it take you four hours uh, going up a river in the bigger river Ukayali. I believe that's bigger river because Amazon has its vast area, Amazon River, Ukayali, and some other bigger rivers all muddy, mm. muddy water. Super big river. And, uh, the only way you can reach their tribe is the village I went to the so village. you spoke Spanish with this fellow uh yes, most of time, but uh, we don't we don't talk much because um, the teaching later I learned that the teaching is all about how you drink ayahuasca and ayahuasca itself. the mother ayahuasca teach you everything, hmm. so you don't need it really to learn anything that uh, you need to communicate with the language <clears throat> And they speak, of course, Indigenous language, and they don't probably speak very well Spanish. Hmm. And uh, I got um, a friend there who, who who's a Canadian, a white man. He is uh, also an apprentice there, learning that he might be the successor of the shaman. But he later left it too, because as me, like uh, I found that uh, the shamans, not just him, but uh, all other, so not like. Uh, those enlightened yogis they have their own problems, Mm. unsolved problems there. Hmm. So I realized that uh, my wish is to study with a completely enlightened uh, teacher and I cannot uh, accept uh, those um, teachers they are still working hard to solve their own problems. Hmm. They can have some issues there. Yes, I accept that. But uh, they must uh, have reached a certain point that um, their ego can never be a big obstacle Hmm. for their journey. If their ego is still there, quite a big obstacle for them. And uh, I'm not... uh, to be the student hmm. of these people.
0: Hmm.
1: And you sense that Diego still had some ego?
2: Yes. So they have some issues there. You know, that's why you see their partners and students will leave. And this is quite common, actually, in the spiritual world. You see many um, so-called gurus. Actually, they're fake gurus, because guru must be completely enlightened. Hmm. Of course, they are doing a good job. But meanwhile, they are doing something wrong hmm. because of the ego. Hmm. They haven't uh, resolved this obstacle. So, and plus that, uh, I realize that I'm a person that uh, I had lots of past life where I lived a very convenient lifestyle, very comfortable. And so I could not really tolerate <laughs> the life in the Amazon jungle. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was uh in the western standard it was just horrible. <laughs> yes, horrible. There's no plumbing of course. So uh the water you take shower, you drink is the rainwater you collect because you have plenty of rainwater there. And the, the water is clean in in the forest there. Mm. Uh, but in the in the daytime it was so hot. It's it's so hot. I don't know cuz I don't I don't know the temperature there. But it was the hottest place I've ever been. <laughs> the hottest and the hottest desert. Yeah. In the daytime, you don't have a fan because you don't have electricity. Yeah. In the night, it's a bit of cold. That's the dry season. But the, in the night, the whole mattress, you sleep, sleep in Maloka, the traditional the ceremonial place. The whole mattress was wet. And the mattress, if you just push it, you'll see the water come out from the mattress, and you sleep right on the water. Hmm. And the mosquitoes, of course. Yeah, you have a mosquito net, but mosquitoes everywhere. The big mosquitoes. There. <laughs> so it's probably more dangerous than uh, those. I got a, mosquitoes bit me in Mexico. I, so therefore I got dengue fever in Mexico. There was no medicine. I decided to lock myself in the room for one week. Without any medicine, just drink water, some food. And after one week, I feel better. And I worked out. Mm-hmm. I survived. So there are many mosquitoes there and uh, uh, many animals. The good thing is, of course, exotic fu- uh, fruits the food. And you cannot even ha- have the name. And they were so delicious. But, uh, but uh, the thing is that... Uh, well you need to walk on the muddy uh, place for uh, that place, one one mile or two Work, walk walking up twenty minutes you need to w- wear the the boots like uh, here and it's swamp so you after the rain season the place becomes a swamp so it's harder really to pull out your your foot and so all these things like uh, there's no internet and so it's so hot you cannot do anything cannot read you cannot do anything right? mm-hmm. you cannot exercise in the daytime so in the nighttime of course i drink ayahuasca <laughs> so what you can do it's just uh, it's not a <laughs> it's not a, a place for people living yeah maybe if
1: they had never experienced something else they're used to it but coming from first world cities it's it's hard to adjust to that surely yeah
2: i I learned that actually i so now i have more tolerance of that it was like uh, i was in the amazon river in in brazil uh on the boat uh, we sleep on the hammock it was so cold everybody was happy it was not not for me i was because it was super cold you Mm. sleep in a hammock in the night because it it took me took you along the river for a few nights and i had to go back to my car in a sleeper sit actually in a, in, a, in my car, my car in that ferry boat. Mm. And then everybody the boat actually has a drinking water. So everybody drinks that water. When I had that water, I had a bigger problem. The flu or something. I had a diarrhea and a big headache or the fever. It, it almost died. <laughs> but that's a drinking water for the people living in the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. And the it's it's good for them but not good for me Uh so i went to peru to the jungle after that so i already had some torrents otherwise i could not stay there a day (laughs) Uh yes so anyway so i realized that ayahuasca is not my my thing uh so but i learned a lot uh Ayahuasca told me to uh, pursue something else.
1: Did you realize ayahuasca was not your thing or just the the teaching experience? Uh,
2: Ayahuasca is a great thing, but it is not a a thing for me. Hmm. Um, I prefer something more simple. Ayahuasca is not very simple. And um, um, my resistance to her is huge. Hmm. But, But of course, after that resistance, after the pain, I gained a lot. So it's very fair, but I don't want to have that very dualistic experience. I don't want to enjoy that much by suffering that much. I want something really simple.
1: Yeah, I've heard from some people that ayahuasca experiences can be sometimes very painful, very dark. And of course, you're throwing up and maybe you have diarrhea during that time.
2: My When they have the very painful experience, very dark, darkness... Even hell is that their own uh, projection of their own mind. I've never had that because mm. I'm already in a place that those people, those things, are, I dissolved completely. Mm. Trust me. Mm. So my suffering is not a, the experience I was myself. Like my suffering is a physical experience. So when I have that medicine, my stomach, the whole body have the resistance to this medicine. Mm. So this is horrible medicine for me physically. Mm. So, but when I can accept that physically inconvenience, the spiritual journey no exception. Every time was fantastic, but I still I decide I don't want to exchange for that. I want something better. Later I found that for mushroom. Mushroom for me it's much easier. San Pedro is not a. I have lots of resistance to San Pedro too. Sometimes I, I I I purged. Um, vomit you know sometimes I feel just physically uncomfortable but uh, mushroom is much easy so yeah so that was a clear message Ayahuasca herself told me this is that you don't need to force yourself I know this is good you gain a lot here but uh, go for something else Uh, you really enjoy it (laughs) yes I'm free to go
1: so you left there and then where did you go
2: I continued my journey in uh, Brazil, later uh, uh, French Guyana, Paraguay, Uruguay, Argentina. And uh, um, 2019, I shipped a car, put it in container to Europe. Hmm. So last year I spent uh, almost the entire year in Europe. Unfortunately, the pandemic uh, thing happened. So after nine months in Europe, I had to return because, uh, yeah, I need a, a break. So now I spent a little bit time in Canada. I'm ready to go again to continue.
1: During your time in Europe, were you mostly um, focused again on spiritual development or were you more interested in just seeing new places?
2: I do some sightseeing, of course. I still have lots of curiosity about the world. So the culture, the music, uh, people, food, um, museums, all kinds of things. Yes, I... Do sightseeing, mm. and uh, um, another bigger thing is bigger than that. That actually, in terms of time I spent on that, uh, was uh, the ashrams, the churches, and the uh, retreat programs, uh, some yoga programs, uh, and uh, other things. And you can do that online. I didn't do many online because I don't like uh, you know talk people online. But I've met uh, uh, some people, excellent uh, teachers and healers. Uh, in different countries, and I had time uh, with them and learned from each other. I traveled with some of them, long or short. So I learned uh, lots of about history because they told me lots of things about their country. So without them, I won't know that much about a country because, after all, I'm a outsider. Mm. You know, if you have a, a few weeks or a few months, even a few months, you won't know that much about the country, so much, but uh, they traveled with me, and they shared so many things to me, good or bad, whatever, so I learned a lot, and um, I see very interesting things, Western, East, Europe, uh, and South, and I located a few places, actually, in the the future, I might uh, build a school there. I f- I found a few places, so I need to finish the rest of the country to see them, and I make a decision <clears throat> where that might be.
1: What kind of school would you are you inter- Are you going yeah. to start?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a yoga school. It's a combined yogic path: um, Bhakti Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Raja Yoga, Karma Yoga, and gayana Yoga. And we do the balanced uh, practice, not just the one thing, meditation or just the physical thing or work. We do all of them, very balanced. So, that of course, you can spend uh, <clears throat> more time because you have a preference to do this type of uh, yoga practice more. So you spend more time on that. But mm. we have some other things every day. Yeah, you can spend time on that. So <clears throat> I want to build a the, 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 the school in uh, North America, Europe, uh, and eventually every continent, uh, every major country, so then people can have the access to um, the resources uh, to connect with the teachers and the healers, the shamans, the musicians there and for their spiritual advancement.
0: Hmm. Yeah, they
2: haven't seen cool. such a thing. It's a really um, balanced. Uh, they seem like uh, every uh, retreat center school they focus on something specific, hmm. they even put it uh, as the only thing. Hmm they teach, they share. So I feel they're good, but uh, I need something else. Mm. So that's uh, my idea. I want to be in such an environment with a balanced practice. I can access all kinds of uh, traditions, teachings, and meet all kinds of people. I believe this is a place. Many people enjoy it.
1: Do you believe Mm. that all or most religions have... um, something valuable to teach people.
2: The great guru, Swami Sivananda, said, all these religions, the essential part are the same. The differences are not essential. (laughs) Yes. So whatever that religion is, if that's a true religion, you need to prepare your heart to worship uh, a god or the guru or teachers. That's bhakti yoga and need to render your service, your love to other people, and uh, treat uh, your neighbors, your brothers as yourself. That's karma yoga. Jesus said so. So you must do all of these things, and every religion teaches these things. There's no difference at all. Of course, in the forms, the names, the traditions, you see the difference there. But these differences are, as the great guru said, these differences are Not essential
0: thing. (laughs) Would
1: your school, would your school, um, actually, do you yourself identify with one religion more particularly than others?
2: I say, based on your past life experiences, you have a more affinity in some uh, path more than others. That's Mm -hmm. very natural. Like if you live in a Western world, you of course you feel that. uh, the so hot water shower, of course, is, you have more, uh, you're drawn to that, right? If you don't have a hot water shower, but many people, they feel the, hot, the cold water, it's it's the best thing. So it's all about your uh, memory, your tendency, your habits. Yeah, For me, myself, uh, I feel that the Christianity, the monasteries, uh, the ashram, the visited, I have uh, so much affinity there. Uh, many times I walked into, say, um, Monastery, Christian, Orthodox, or uh, Catholic, I sometimes had tears because when I, especially when I walked into the the monks' chamber, the very small room, the simple bed, a few um, books there, and I that immediately brought me the memory that I was a monk in mm. such a monastery. So I feel so familiar in life. And another thing is that uh, the Hinduism ashram that walked in is also, I feel, have vivided the memory just in my mind. And uh, I feel so much affinity. i familiar. I just enjoy it. As to the, the Muslim uh, things, uh, I don't feel at all. So that means I haven't uh, experienced uh, the Muslim life. So And I don't like that because I went to the mosque. I want to worship God there. I say are you muslim they don't let you in <laughs> so that uh, is that, uh, I think it's totally wrong because if you don't let people in how they they can know how beautiful mm. this is how how wonderful your god is mm. if you don't let them worship there mm. right mm. you do, you need to open open mm. that they, they 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 learn and they they like and then they they do more so anyway so i feel the the hindu system vedanta and uh, Christianity, Christianity, uh, for me, it's more, more, uh, more, more orthodox,
1: like a, less Protestant.
2: I say the Catholic. I feel more, okay. more, yes, more familiar. And the Buddhism, I feel the Tibetan thing because uh, I had a pilgrimage uh, experience. Uh, Twenty nineteen, I joined a group of uh, people. I went to uh, northern India. With many uh, uh Tibetan Buddhism uh, monasteries, and I went on. I even meditated with them in the morning, and I had a very good uh, experience. The the memory I came back. So I have no doubt. I have a uh, a few lifetimes there, and to the like a Japanese Chinese ones, I feel something, but not that much as the Tibetan one. So. I think the
1: Mongolian Buddhism is also similar to the Tibetan Buddhism.
2: Yeah, they have uh, quite connected and lots of influence. Actually, uh, Tibetan Buddhism have lots of influence over like uh, even the Greater China area. They have such influence, not just the Tibetan hmm. people. So I feel that much. So now my practice is been basically um, the, the Vedanta, the Hinduism, that that system, India. Um, thing, and um, some study Christian thing. Bible was part of uh, that, but not a big... uh, There are some uh, channeled books uh, from Jesus. Um, Joshua ben Joseph, Jesus. We call him Jesus. So, uh, currently we have some wonderful channeling books from his teaching. One is a Most popular, I believe, that's uh, uh, Causing Miracles.
3: Hmm.
1: I've heard of that before.
2: Yeah, it's a wonderful book. And uh, another book uh, I'm studying is um, The Way of Mastery. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. That's also directly from Jesus, Hmm. Channeling. Okay. So if you have a chance to to read a bit, uh, those books for me, just amazing books. And uh, you can feel the master right there. In the book, teaching you. And I have no doubt it's not just someone just made it. No, I can't. Hmm. It must be from the master himself. So anyways, so India and uh, Jesus, and then I combine them. More Indian hmm. thing, so this lifetime.
1: Have you heard of the term Christ consciousness? Yes. What does that mean to you?
2: For me, Christ consciousness is a clear understanding and a conscious of who you are. The Christ means a child of God. So when you are so firmly, clearly, crystal clearly aware of that truth, your true identity, you are the son of God. You are in the Christ consciousness. Christ, Jesus, he knows he's the son of God.
1: But we we are all sons of God, or daughters of God, do you think?
2: Great sage Ramana Maharshi said, when you realize you're the son of God, you're the child of God, There are no other people. You are the only son of God. All other people are illusions. This is what he said. That when now you are in this state of consciousness, and you see there are many others, individual beings there, when you are in that consciousness, you don't see anybody else. You only see God and you, you are one. This is the great guru, great sage Ramana Mahash, He said,
1: "Have you experienced that for yourself?"
2: Yes. For well, about half an hour, when my my father, the master, well, I didn't realize he's a master. He appeared in the vibrational form again and he initiated me on this um, yogic path, and to be his successor, I realized that. That was so pure, such a pure consciousness that I'm the beloved child of God.
1: What were you doing at the time that you had this experience? Were you meditating? Were you doing...
2: Well, that was a deep meditating state, mm-hmm. very deep. And uh, I think I tuned in to that uh, frequency, and my father and my master appeared. And he initiated me. Like
1: visually appeared? Or or you just felt his presence?
2: Everything, all these things are actually in the mind. But Mm. if there's an observer, Mm. if there's an observer right there, say, without, uh, of course, disturbing anything, just uh, look at that. And this observer would notice there are two beings, and they are interacting. And they even talk. But when they talk, this observer can only hear one person, the voice. Another side, he cannot receive. That's why many books actually, when these uh, masters, they introduce uh, how they receive their initiation from their masters. There were quite a few books I, later I found that. Uh, they first, they were alone. Like me, I was alone. <clears throat> so they were alone and uh, they heard. There's no doubt they heard the mantra, the voice, or the, the the music, or whatever. They heard that. So then they realize uh, their master right there. And they start a talk, or maybe transmission, or whatever, and uh, about bow to their masters, their gurus. The masters might be in a physical form, like in the autobiography of a yogi. Pumang Yogananda described that his guru appeared in a physical form after passing away burned to ashes, but he can still appear in a physical form. And some in a vibrational form, like my experience was that, and another book uh, said that uh, was a vibrational form. It's right there. So then, they talk, they transmit all the messages to you, you receive that, it's no doubt, everything, just you see that in your mind. But if there's an observer, they can only hear and see this person, not the master because they're not tuned in. I hope that can explain a bit. A bit, yeah. yeah you see, they, they absolutely this observer sees there are two beings there, mm. but he can only hear and see this person is doing all these things. He cannot receive the message mm. the master is giving mm. because he's not tuned in to that place, dimension.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So, 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 that experience was you becoming one with God, as it were. Yes, that's the impact.
2: You, there's no doubt. It's a truly that's a, it's a beyond the knowledge, beyond the mind can understanding can can understand. Mm. Beyond that understanding, it's mm. just uh, just the one because there's no subject, no object, and you know that you are that, and this is your true identity. And later, I told people many times that uh, to believe this truth—that you are the most beautiful, the most magnificent, the most remarkable being that God has ever created—you are.
1: Um, who, what, like, what does God? Who is God to you? Is God the creator of the universe? Is he? one with the universe. is the, Like Hinduism said, there's many aspects of God, different like Brahma and, and uh, Shiva. Do you also believe that there's different manifestations, smaller manifestations?
2: So uh, my understanding is that uh, everybody's God is a personal God. Because God is the only one, of course, we know that. But everybody's experienced with God and they know this is God. This is a personal God. For me that's the Ishvara, who is a creator, the ruler, the commander, the everything. It uh, determines the comic the consequence, the laws. So so that's a personal God. So we have different experiences with God, but eventually we'll know God is only one, and uh, and we know that we know God is through our experience, which is a manifested people like. Uh, those masters, of course, for them, they know God is through their gurus. And a guru is actually God himself's manifestation in a human form, a human body. Hmm. A true a guru. guru who a is enlightened. Guru, a true guru, yes. Hmm. So it's indeed God himself's manifestation. And by interacting with this being, we know who God is. So God has no image, has no name. So we know God is only through that experience by seeing, touching, knowing manifested with the tangible, the visible, that we can perceive that being. or put all this experience together, we know God because God himself absolutely. No image. No name. So you are God's image. Hmm. God is in you.
1: But most people don't realize that.
2: Most people don't realize their true identity. they Their beloved child of God. They, like me, are desperately need love. Hmm. But I, without knowing that, uh, I have so much love. I have it. But I don't know. Hmm. So this is it.
1: Is your aim with the school to open up this knowledge to people, to your potential students?
2: We help people, all people. They come to school, they want to seek God or seek Him themselves, seek their true identity, mm. to find who they really are, to find love, find healing, whatever. We just help them mm. with these um, proven methods, the techniques, and they can gradually experience some miracles and uh, the miracles are on the opposite of the ego so then they know I'm not this tiny ego I'm something else way bigger yeah depends how big they can realize they are These are limitless
1: with um do you Do you believe that the general trend in society and let's say the West or North America, maybe that's more specific, would you say that the average spirituality is increasing or decreasing or roughly staying level?
2: I see the spirituality actually nowadays uh, globally, it's in an explosion. So if you are very conscious of what's happening around. If you listen carefully, listen to your heart and listen to the universe, actually the universe is bombarding actually so many message transmissions, every single day, every, every, every inch on this planet, every second, there's so much giving to us for our awakening. So it's, for me it's an explosion. I see that. But still, some people will feel that uh, we're still quite slow. I don't see uh, uh, today is so significantly different than uh, yesterday. They don't see that. But uh, if you are in a certain state of uh, consciousness that uh, I can see this so often, I see just uh, the wonderful things that everybody is awakening right now. And it's a rapid uh, awakening. So it's a time for everybody to know God more. Some people will know more and very fast. Some people just start to know. So that's why Paramahansa Yogananda said, the time to know God has come. I always, like he said that, I always don't, I could not understand why he said, "said that the time to know God has come.
1: When, did he, when aunt, did he
0: say
2: that? He, he he passed away in 1952, I believe. Uh, he said uh, probably a few years, uh, he always said so in his life. And that's why he carries the mission uh, to the West. He was a Hindu monk and spent most of the time in North America teaching yoga, teaching meditation, right? And he changed that. When he came here, like in Hindu news, meditation, yoga, it was just a something, I never heard of it, mm. 1920. Mm. But now you see, even kindergarten, they can practice, primary school, they practice meditation. Mm. So, and he, when he was born, he was a uh, the baby, and his guru, guru said uh, he, he he will go to America if you read his book. Mm. So, and the great guru, Babaji, actually planned all these things, who oversees the whole the galactic uh, so evolution so what Sorry, Who? who is that uh, Babaji okay Babaji is a guru's guru's guru I, I believe he he oversees uh, Kali Yuga I mean the whole time the whole this uh, part of the universe He's responsible to all these things
1: I've never heard of him before
2: and you read that book Autobiography of a Yogi mm. so my understanding is that uh, this is a uh, Explosive, and uh, we have so many resources and so many uh, teachings now. They become so accessible and so simple for people to reach them. Before those things, you need to seek, you need to travel, you need to go pilgrimage, and probably cannot find them. They are just secrets. But now, all these secrets, they are open. They are right there. They are around, and you have so many teachers and all these um, resources. Nowadays, it's just incredible. Hmm. Even in the darkest corner of the world, I see that people, wow. I'm in China because I had a chance to host my first workshop there in 2019. I brought uh, some page of medicine there. And I see, wow, there's so many seekers. I did not know. They introduce there. They have uh, some groups. Sometimes they talk these things beyond uh, the, the physical reality
1: so you think the spiritual development is also increasing in China?
2: Of course it's a global thing mm. but some some places actually because uh, the limitation that the people are, have more challenge um, to access them mm. because uh, for China I like, uh, clearly see that uh, so all the ways to access the truth is blocked but still you can have access to many things. If you want, if you seek, you'll find it. Mm. But why they are so afraid of uh, the regime, so afraid of uh, letting people know the truth? Because truth is so powerful thing. In a slavery country, the most dangerous thing is truth. Because truth will set you free. (laughs) Guaranteed. If you know truth, you'll be free. And if you are free, the slaves are free, what about the the masters, the slave owners? Hmm. They will lose them. So they will not let slaves to know the truth because once they know the truth, they are free. That's why the truth, they try their best of the best to prevent people knowing truth.
1: Did you have the same Opinion on the Chinese Communist Party when you were living there, or did you, when you left, you could see more objectively the situation and it caused you to?
2: Uh, when I grew up, uh, <clears throat> I was born in China in 1973. <clears throat> I was not quite aware of all these things because I had a privilege. I lived, I was raised, I lived in a master's family. A completely Enlightened master's family. Your he, father.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. His precious teaching is so even more precious than other masters. I'm not uh, trying to uh, judge or compare these things because the precious part is that uh, because in his lifetime uh, he was not uh, completely enlightened, he had to overcome that challenge. And he demonstrated that how he overcame that challenge and uh, how did he model. overcome
1: the challenge? What was the challenge, his, his ego?
2: His last uh, challenge as a master was that uh, he had so much love to yeah. all of beings. Of course, to his son, only son. And by loving these people, loving his son, he did everything he could to love me. He want me to be good. And this naturally built the attachment. If you spend so much, you did everything to love this person, you want this person to be free, to be good, to live good. Mm. You have the attachment there. You must let it go. So his love builds attachment. Mm. That was his only Obstacle. And three years before he exited his body, he wrote to me. Said, no matter what you want, just go for it. And I believe you'll be good. You just go, you fly high. You do whatever. He explained that. He just let that attachment go. Mm. And he trust I'll be good. Because he did everything, like as a parent to the kid, (coughs) everything I want. But if your kid did something wrong, the parent uh, would uh, worry about that. What if a kid uh, goes to prison? The parent is, of course, they don't want that. But he now, he just uh, removed, dissolved that expectation, the attachment. That's only he wants me to be good and now he even without that because he knows I'll be good and he is free
0: mm.
1: um,
2: how, how did he, you, 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 again how how did he uh, make it by practicing karma yoga radically love give serve with full compassion mercy love, do everything, sacrifice, and then go beyond the ego and realize I'm not this.
1: Did he practice karma yoga with everyone in his life?
2: Everyone. He loves everybody. He did everything. Mm. More than people can imagine.
1: Can you give a, an example? I know you say he loved you very much, but some, like someone else, not in his family, What what is something he did that that moved you, made you notice that there
2: are so many. For example, he was not a rich person, mm. very humble person, made a living mm. there. Mm. And people needed some financial help, and he always give. And people, of course, while well, you give me five hundred dollars? I write, a I owe you for you, right?
3: Mm.
2: So I had a five dollars, five hundred dollars from you. He had quite a few of those. Mm. and when he was leaving actually he still kept that I, he did not just pass it to me hey son go find those people mm. he, done even, he did not even mention that I just found that mm. put it out
0: mm.
2: I don't need to know who I don't need to know how much I don't care but again he's not a rich person at all he didn't use the money for himself
0: mm
2: very simple thing. Hmm. He he didn't he never mentioned that.
0: Hmm.
2: He didn't even look
0: at that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think my grandma was maybe in some way practicing karma yoga in her own way. She was also a very generous, giving person, humble as well.
2: It's a great karma yogi. I witnessed that twenty years. It's incredible. Then ego free. Actually, freedom is not free to do whatever we want. Freedom is be free from the ego. The ego is the biggest obstacle. Hmm. So now he's free, forever free.
1: We we came to this subject because we were talking about your opinion on the CCP. We kind of went off uh, talking about your father a little bit. But the context was you grew up in this environment.
2: So I, I grew up in the environment, actually, because the guru builds an environment that you do not know any other things. You only know, love, all these things. Mm. So I was not quite aware of uh, what's happening there, even on the middle race I could see. But uh, it's not a, it's like a far, far away. Mm. So now uh, when I have lots of uh, mercy, when I look at people and some people I knew, although I wouldn't have lots of connections there, I left there permanently. But uh, it's uh, very clear because CCP, the Communist Party of China, is a, is a very extreme um, manifestation of that uh, the darkness, which is um, the belief, the belief system, the belief that uh, the separateness. So, separateness. The the ego. So the ego's uh, uh, the journey in the deeper, deeper. Uh, darkness so actually these people they live in fear and all fear based uh, belief that will bring them all kinds of this uh, experience negative the negativities but uh, in the center that's a fear and they of course they still need love but they don't believe that uh, they have love within the heart. So that's, uh, sadly we see that. But uh, this universe is all about uh, dualistic uh, manifestation and experiences. So we will see at how um, the universe, the divine plan, God himself will transcend all these situations and people are, are souls on this planet. It's quite fast. We'll see.
1: In your career you must have been in contact with government officials did you find that for the individual government official they were spiritually lower or did you like when you say they they live in fear is this all the people who work for the ccp or is it the leadership
2: well i i was not a uh, never been contacted a uh, uh, the government there's no um business there but uh, mm-hmm. i i've seen some people that work for the government and uh because the whole China is a system, it's like a prison system. So it, it doesn't matter like you work for government or not, because you are more or less associated with that uh, uh, consciousness, uh, the fear based beliefs. So mm. then uh, everybody feels not uh, safe. Mm. Uh, some people say, when I have enough money, I'll be safe. But when they have enough money, then they still live in that great fear. And the higher position you are in, uh, in the government that uh, I know, some people they told me i i've seen some um not very closely but i know they have great fear um so everybody no matter how successful you are you are in great fear i was actually in the quite a isolated uh system no matter family or the enterprise system because it's uh it's a unique but now i see probably there's no more freedom, no more space that you can keep such a um, small niche environment anymore after so many years. So the, the darkness penetrates every corner, every everything. But still, um, because of that, uh, it awakens people. So how some, something higher to pursue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I believe people are awakening now. They're still living in a fear but uh, awakening. Hmm.
1: All right. so it sounds like you're optimistic on people's, humanity's path.
2: I'm very optimistic because God is good and I see these uh, good things and we um, Pumhansa Yogananda's guru Sri Yukteswar wrote a book. I forgot the name of the book but uh, he says actually we are just, we entered the uh, uh, the, uh, from Kali Yoga to Dwapa Yoga, Yoga, uh, Yoga is a uh, the thing is about. Uh,
1: yoga is not just stretching and. Uh, not
2: a yoga. Y u g a. Oh. Yoga. Okay. That is a. Uh, it's like uh, the four seasons. Like the winter, we so cold, temperature very low, and the summer very high. So it's uh it's a seasonal um, shifting, that consciousness. So now the whole planet Earth here remains a very small part of our galaxy. Uh, we are still in such a very low consciousness, collective consciousness. Mm. So, But uh, th- th- this was because the whole uh, galactic shift, like we were in the winter season, mm. but we now, the winter is gone. We are in the springtime mm. and the summer will be soon. Mm. So that's a simple explanation for that. So then... Because of that. So, Spiritually, you mean? Yeah, everything. 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 The divine grace. Mm. So then it's like uh, the, the, the circle, the it's like up and down. So then now we are, the whole planet, the whole planet and everybody, mm. no matter whom, mm. is on the rise. Mm. And then, of course, when you reach that, you're going to come down because it's just. Uh,
1: it's seasonal. Yes. So, so it will. Ne- do you think that?
2: So that's why I'm very optimistic uh, mm. about uh, these things that we will see in the coming thousands of years that uh, we're going to be very good at human, human beings. We're going to have peace. But, but of course, before that, uh, we're going to have war. We have uh, many earthquake, tsunami, many <laughs> these things.
1: Uh, so So in the more immediate future, there is cause for some concern. You think there will be... You believe this is a transitional period, as so many other people. So, also this, tr- say. this
2: transition is not that. Yeah. It is always that. Up and down. So, yet, up and down. Mm. But overall, you're mm. going up. So, then when you come down, that that's a suffering. When you go up, mm. it's a joy. Mm. So, then the collectively and individually, we're going to experience all these things. Mm. So, as your personal journey, you are going that way. And the collectively, we are going that. But when we have that, the valley, the peak and the valley at the time, that, that's the darkness, that's the suffering. Lots of things that we're going to see in the coming years. Uh, many things we'll see.
1: Yeah, you mentioned to me uh, before that you believe there will be a war between China and America.
2: Yes. Hmm. The, the war, not uh, only me, many people have seen that, even military commanders, uh, mm-hmm. the central commander. Pacific, uh, I believe, Central Command or Pacific Command is a uh, manager. Uh, There's the, the commander uh, Phillips, I believe, his name. Mm. He testimony Congress this year. This year, if you Google that in March, he said uh, the World war would uh, uh, begin uh, within six years hmm. uh, over Taiwan Strait.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, because for me, I see that uh, China to take Taiwan. To invade Taiwan is anytime. It's obvious. It's it's quite obvious. It's just about uh, which year when uh, that will trigger that. I believe that's uh, the thing that when they feel they're powerful enough, military, powerful enough and ready to do that. But now probably they still need some preparation a few years. So that will happen. And uh, the world won't uh, just sit and watch. Mm. So... Because if you do that, then you know, they want to do more. Mm. So that'll be the war, and uh, that's just the, the beginning.
0: Mm.
1: In the next one hundred years, do you think overall this will be a time of great struggle?
2: I see. Actually, after uh, twenty fifty, and after the um, Chinese Communist Party. Um, being dissolved, like uh, they will no more, no more such uh, darkness, and the whole world would uh, have peace. Um, and the people would uh, turn to after suffering from the big war and uh, many other natural disasters. And people turn to the heart inwardly. They will seek all things, and they almost everybody will realize that. Uh, What they need, they should not find outside. They should go inside Hmm. to find. And they have it. And they know they have it, but they just need to find it. And some, they found it, they share with other people. And more people will find it. And uh, gradually everybody on this planet will believe this.
1: When that happens, do you think that we will ascend to a new level? As, yes, a, yes, as a species, the
2: collective consciousness, we'll have peace mm. for a few thousand years now. No more war because mm. nobody will go to war. Mm. Nobody would just believe those things, um, use violence. Yeah. Um, yes, as a collective consciousness arises, and then we have more and more joy because we can uh, just release our um, energy, the power of uh, creativity, and uh, we realize how. Powerful! How creative we are, and we do those wonderful things in in the light.
1: If you have a goal for humanity's future, where would you like to see humanity in a thousand years from now?
2: I see that we're going to have more and more freedom, and have that freedom to the extreme to express ourselves in a creative way, without any um, violence, any hatred, in anger. And we just uh, do that uh, the natural process that uh, our energy need uh, to express itself. So mm. that is very creative. So everyone is a great uh, artist. We're going to create like uh, God, because God is a projection. Holographic uh, projection. Because God is a creator, so we are creator too. Hmm. So we created that because our energy needs uh, that expression. So we just express that hmm. in that beautiful way. Hmm. But we no longer need uh, the hatred, anger, uh, the violence, because we no longer have fear.
0: Hmm.
2: We are free.
1: Do you, do you think we will go to other planets? Do you hope that we will do that?
2: Yeah, after that, I think uh, in just uh, 50 years, even now we can go to Mars and now. Uh, we will go to uh, many places, and uh, we encounter and receive many uh, visitors from other systems. Hmm. In, in, in our galaxy, there's so many beings there, and many more um, advanced than us. So they're going to be free to walk among us.
1: Do you believe aliens have visited us?
2: Oh, many times. Many times. All those ancient uh, ruins, actually, they built uh, that. I've seen many. Uh, many people, they don't realize that. You know, they built that many thousands years ago, maybe millions of years ago. Hmm. They have been there. Yeah.
1: Do you think the aliens are benevolent? Do they have positive motivations for interacting with people? Uh, they
2: are just uh, like us. They are benevolent. They are uh, in the darkness. But... Uh, for now, uh, this part of the galaxy, actually, the benevolent beings, actually, the prevalent, they, they prevail. So mm. they, um, the consciousness, actually, the darkness is dissolving. So we have no fear about that. To seeing them,
1: what is darkness to you? Is it chaos?
2: Darkness is just the belief that uh, I'm a separate being. I'm uh, the individual. But if you, uh, with this belief, uh, experience uh, deeper, longer, and that would uh, confirm this belief, and uh, then to bring you suffering, and the more you suffer, the more you, you believe uh, this, and then uh, this is um, the journey to the darkness, deeper, deeper to the darkness. So this is uh, all about fear. But if you go the opposite direction, according to karmic law, you sooner or later you're gonna turn around. Because you cannot tolerate any more mm. of that suffering. So you're gonna turn around. So I'm enough I have experienced enough of this um, darkness, I'm gonna turn around and gradually you it's like rebound. It's just very natural.
1: Mm.
0: Like this the
2: tide. A It's a ball. It's like,
0: mm.
1: Yes. So
2: mm. So it's a uh, it's about the belief. Darkness is, is that belief. From that belief,
1: and from that belief, many bad things have commit, been committed.
2: Yes, because of the fear.
1: Hmm. What is the fear? What does the fear come from? Fear of what?
2: Fear. Fundamentally, it's from the um, the belief of the separateness hmm. that I'm not a. I'm an individual. Those people, they are, them, we are not uh, one and uh, they cannot truly really understand me Mm. because I'm this unique Mm. being. Mm. So this is a belief, but it's just a belief, the belief, and you can change it, any belief. Mm. And when you change the belief, you will experience the physical reality accordingly, based on your belief. So you can change it. You believe love. You're going to have love, experience love. You believe fear. You're going to have lots of fear. Mm. So how much you believe and uh, how would you change your belief? And which, of course, you believe what is, what is true. Mm. And you need to find out what is true. And you believe it. And what is true? It's all in your experience. And by your experience, you believe what is true. And that's your belief. But sometimes you believe what is true. might not true. <laughs>
1: very interesting um on that note uh maybe we can wrap up do you do you have anything more you'd like to say anything you want to mention
2: nothing special today i think we have talked about a lot (laughs) very good so if we can have another time and talk about uh, something else we'll have a
1: second episode yes next after you come back from Mm -hmm. europe
2: there are many stories actually in traveling it's uh, just a Amazing stories! I never expected that, but uh, it happened. So I learned a lot. We can talk about uh, all these things, spiritual, whatever, another time. Okay,
1: sure. Um, yeah, I'd be looking. I'd be looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, I had a great time, Fatty Bear. Oh, I, one one quick question um, for the people who may be listening: How did you get the name Fatty Bear? People might be confused about yeah, that. Yeah,
2: after awakening, actually, I realized that my true nature is just a, a panda bear a fatty mm. bear your uh,
1: spirit so animal so to speak
2: is not a special it's a nature actually because of very simple and i uh, very happy just like a panda in whatever circumstance he's happy you cannot take uh, his joy away <laughs> at all so i'm very simple very happy and um, that's my nature and uh, mm. yeah so i got a name cool mm-hmm.
1: all right well It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Fatty Bear. I had a great time, and I hope people listening have learned something as well.
2: My pleasure talking with you, too. And we look
1: forward to hearing more about your schools. Thank you. Thank you.